Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Man, people did not like it when I was in a mood last week. They didn't? <laughs> I saw only positive f- feedback. Oh, I got some I got some negatives. I got a few <laughs> negatives. I haven't actually seen any positives, so if you got some, send it my way. They're I could the use twi- a pick the me Twitters. Up. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to go check those out because I could use a pick me up. Uh, a total <laughs> rarity for Twitter is there's some positive feedback. Of course. And the <laughs> the fact that I'm the one that's on there all the time and I didn't see it is also ironic. What yes. you do. So I found this over at the MIT Media Review. There is an article <laughs> about how to hide from the AI surveillance state with a color printout. Right. And some Belgian uh, researchers have figured out a way to print out basically like a crowd scene that you can have on your shirt or put in front of you mm-hmm. that will actually stop the YOLO. Like the, <laughs> yes, I know we talked yes. about that before. Mm-hmm. The open source object recognition system, YOLO V2, and stop them from actually picking you up as a person. Right. So... After reading this, I'm thinking, my God, we truly live in a Gibsonian world right now. We kind of do, um, you know, and, and somebody's going to make a lot of money making hoodies with patterns uh, and all of that. And wasn't there, a, I seem to remember a while back, and I believe it was a friend of the show, Sean Bonner, that brought it to our attention. Wasn't there a pair of glasses that you could wear that, uh, that uh, actually stopped security cameras from being able to see your face? There's there's been some of that. Um, yeah. I know that we've blue skied on the show and I thought, you know, just really bright reflective LEDs and things like that and glasses would do it. Yeah, I just pretend tur- you're in the band Orbital. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just a big turtleneck that would just, you know, shoot IR light up. So if you're right. at nighttime, you can't see it. There's a lot of that stuff out there. But I was specifically thinking when I saw this about uh, the third book in the Blue Ant series from William Gibson, where they, he had the uh, world's ugliest T-shirt. That would remove you from all security cameras. It would actually like erase you, which right. is kind of cool. But uh, if you haven't read the Blue Ant series from William Gibson, it's Pattern Recognition, Spook Country, and Zero History. Everybody should read those. They're fantastic. I love them to death. And as I was going through it today, I'm thinking, man, I should reread those. That would be fun. I never got past Pattern Recognition. Really? I don't I don't know why. I read and enjoyed Pattern Recognition. William Gibson is always someone I forget about. As I'm going on to Amazon.com and, and looking for something new to read. I don't know why I have some weird mental Amazon block on William Gibson. Yeah, well, I think part of it is because he keeps announcing a book on Amazon that keeps getting pushed out by years. That's you know, true. His latest book has been pushed out so far. It's ridiculous. I don't even know <laughs> when it's coming now. Right. But Pattern Recognition is my favorite of the bunch. Spook Country comes in at third and Zero History comes in at second. But I, they're all fantastic. I really, really enjoyed them. But yeah, pattern recognition is a classic. Yep. And when I was researching this, I came across Adam R. Harvey's work. And he's an artist who does a lot of stuff with surveillance and, you know, thwarting surveillance. Mm-hmm. He's got this really cool project that he did where you had like this little GPS spoofer that you could keep next to your phone. And it mm-hmm. would check you in at the, the pools of the rich and famous, <laughs> like all of the tech bros. <laughs> You know, right. Eric Schmidt, Jeff Bezos and things like that. So you could check in at their pool. It was pretty funny. That's funny. It was very funny. What's not funny, though, is how Amazon is tracking their workers. Mm-hmm. Seems like they've got some a machine eye learning, uh, <laughs> however they're doing it. But uh, 
some documents that The Verge got were fairly interesting. They have a really high turnover rate because they have these automated systems that make sure people are just going their and going off. and going. Mach schnell! Schnell! Yes. Arriba! Andale! <laughs> I would be more appropriate, probably. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting thing. Like this one warehouse outside Baltimore that has about 2,500 full-time employees. They had a turnover rate of 300 full-time employees from August 2017 to 2018. And which is a lot. That's, that's quite a, a lot. That's a decent turnover rate. But it turns out it's like, yeah, hey, you can't tow the line. You can't work at Amazon. So this is what's going to be happening in the future. So get used to it. Get yeah. Remember when it. we thought about these things when, when we would blue sky? I love that term. So now that you used it, game on. Um, when we were blue skying these things as, as kids, uh, when we saw where things were going, when we were realizing what was going on with technology, uh, the idea, at least in my mind, and I'm assuming yours as well, because you and I seem very simpatico with with our initial um, exuberance and and uh, misplaced hope for the future. Yeah, uh, misplaced th- hope. <laughs> the worst <laughs> Star Wars movie. Yeah, that's true. Uh, when we thought about these sorts of things, it was kind of it, it was more to reward people. It was like, oh, we would be able to see who the best employees are and who's actually really providing value and functioning and we can promote them and, and give them raises for the value that they are providing to the company. Yes. But the reality of these <laughs> tools is that they're being used to fire people. We were thinking utopian and yes. it's gone the other way around. Yes. Yes. The going above and beyond. <laughs> yes. Was... To, we would be able to find out who went above and beyond and reward them. You're fired. You're fired. That's the world we live in now. You're fired. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to work. You're fired. Mm-hmm. Oh, way to go. Amazon. And this is only going to get worse because the way it works with these algorithms, I'm sure, is the harder the people work, the baseline for the bottom. The baseline goes up. It goes up. Exactly. Because they're talking Mm -hmm. about people like skipping pee breaks even. You know, we've heard about people wearing diapers to work at Amazon. And that is just gross. I don't want to I don't want to have that vision in my head of whoever packed my. I don't want to worry about the boxes (laughs) I'm picking up that they have fecal matter on them. Oh, maybe that's a new study we can do. How much poop mm. is on Amazon Prime? Yes. We can poop say, on I, Prime. Yeah, poop on Prime. I know that we have enough labs in San Francisco because they're used to dealing with man poo. Maybe we can just send them up <laughs> to San Francisco. I think they're flooded. Oh, yes, they are. Yeah. Uh, well, Facebook is back mm. in the news. Three Again. privacy investigations in one single day. Wow, oh. that's impressive. Yeah. Irish Data Protection Authority is looking into the breach of hundreds of millions of Facebook and Instagram user passwords that were stored in plain text on its servers. Canadian authorities confirmed that the beleaguered social network giant broke its strict privacy laws. And uh, that's number two. And uh, the last one is going into this 1.5 million user email addresses that uh, they were scraping and uh, illegally looking at people's contact lists when they weren't given permission to. Right. So good day at Facebook. You want to know my problem with this article? I know and exactly. With Facebook in general. Uh, yeah. I think <laughs> it's the last it. sentence in the article. Well, let's start with the beleaguered yeah, social network. Ass. Except for the fact that there is the last sentence in the article. You might think a trifecta of terrible news would be crushing for the beleaguered social network, but its stock is up by 6% at market close, adding some $40 billion to its value. And we'll talk more about those billions numbers in a little bit. Yes, we will. In the news... Our good friend Jack Dorsey from Twitter mm-hmm. met mm-hmm. with the the <laughs> the president of the United States to talk mm-hmm. about the health of Twitter's public discourse. Mm-hmm. Talk about an irony sandwich right there. <laughs> I can't think of two people less qualified to have this discussion. 
Exactly. <laughs> oh, so this is an article over at TechCrunch, but I did the, oh, I'm only going to read the update. Dorsey tweeted at Trump, thanking him for the conversation. Twitter is here to serve the entire public conversation, and we intend to make it healthier and more civil, Dorsey wrote. Thanks for mm-hmm. the discussion about that. Washington mm-hmm. Post reports Trump complained that the company unjustly limited or removed some of his followers in his session with the Twitter CEO. In fact, Trump was just tweeting about that earlier in the day. So this whole thing is he brought in the CEO of a major tech company to say, why am I losing followers? Mm. Yeah, that's it. Well, because you're a douchebag. Honestly, you've broken the terms of service and you shouldn't even be on it. Yeah. And that's the other thing, because I I wonder (laughs) if they talked about the new scheme that Twitter's talked about saying, you know, we're going to flag fake news from Donald Trump when he actually posted. I wonder if if Jack had the cojones to actually talk about that in the meeting. I I'm it. guessing no. Yeah. And in sad news, Slack has filed to go public. Well, yeah. it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. So and uh, <laughs> of course, of course, they reported one hundred and thirty eight point nine million dollars in losses on revenue of four hundred point six million dollars. So that is the that is the thing. If you lose money, you can go public. Well, on the upside for us, Jason, I know you're not on Facebook anymore, and I'm kind of tasked with managing the Grumpy Old Geeks Facebook account. Uh, If we're done with Slack, we keep getting uh, notifications that uh, they would like us to come build a common culture across Grumpy Old Geeks by using Workplace by Facebook. Oh, great. Great. I've actually Mm -hmm. stepped back from Slack quite a bit this last week because Mm -hmm. it turns out Slack is just as toxic as everything else was (laughs) if you don't treat it properly. Right. And... Being always on, always expected to reply all the time, it's toxic, and I'm just pushing mm-hmm. back against Slack. You know, not everybody needs to get a hold of me 24-7. That's what the telephone's for. If there's a problem, call me. Otherwise, right. I'll be off doing my job that I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing, but not sitting there bitching and moaning and chattering and doing other shit. It's like, I've gotten so much more done this week by just taking three-hour breaks, just completely turning off Slack this week than I have in the past six months. So I'm like, okay, we've identified another problem here with the always on society we have. Now, let's go back to what we discussed at the intro segment, the uh, fact that Facebook added 40 billion in value in one day. Yep. One day. One day when they were hit with three separate lawsuits. Yes. Well, they are also expected to be fined up to $5 billion by the Federal Trade Commission for privacy violations. This penalty would be a record by the agency against a tech company and a sign that the United States is willing to punish big tech companies. However, however, <laughs> the social network disclosed the amount in its quarterly financial results, saying it estimated a one-time charge of 3 to $5 billion in connection with an ongoing inquiry by the FTC. Um, and so they've, they've basically built it in. It's about the cost of their coffee. Because yep. when you make forty billion in one day, five billion, that'd be one fifth. So of that. much, yeah. ain't so much. It's okay. So that will uh, they'll pay their fines and the fines, as we've talked about so often on this show, and we'll probably talk about it again with Bittner in the security segment. The fines are not enough, and uh, some lawmakers are are noticing that. There's, um, there's a representative, David Cicilline, a Democrat from Rhode Island, who said that a, a fine in the low billions of dollars would amount to a slap on the wrist for Facebook and that Congress needs to act. Facebook must be held accountable, not just by fines, but also by far-reaching reforms in management, privacy practices, and culture, said Senator Richard Blumenthal, a Democrat of Connecticut, over a tweet. <laughs> of course, not a tweet. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> tweet. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, you know, $5 billion is the most that the FTC has ever done, but we know it's not enough. It's not enough for these companies. Here's the deal, though. I mean, at least we're getting something out of them. If they're not going to pay taxes, at least we can find them. Yeah. We'll get something out of them. We're getting the money out somehow. That's right. (laughs) Seriously. 
So there we go. But uh, I think Facebook has a larger problem that is looming. And uh, as we've always said, all of this has happened before. All of it will happen again. Uh, their acquisition of Instagram is having some growing pains as uh, people are growing up and the next generation is coming in. Instagram has grown to over w more than 1 billion monthly users, and it's ushered in a very particular look. I just love this article over at The Atlantic because all they do is crap on millennials. It's quite funny. Uh, <laughs> bright walls, artfully arranged lattes and avocado toast, and millennial pink everything with all that carefully staged, color-corrected, glossy-looking aesthetic. Photos that play into these trends perform so well on Instagram that the look became synonymous with the platform itself, then seeped into the broader world. Even if you don't use it, you've undoubtedly encountered Instagram walls everywhere. They are all over the place here in Santa Monica and Venice. Uh, Pop-up experiences like the Museum of Ice Cream or brightly patterned restaurant bathrooms just made to be photographed. Now, no one has capitalized on this better than influencers, your Kardashians and all of that sort. And all these people we don't even know that somehow managed to make money. Some of the smarter ones made thousands of dollars on photo presets that take anyone's pictures and make them look Instagrammy. Instagrammy? Uh, that's, yeah. that's what I called my grandmother. Hey, Instagrammy! Inst Instagrammy! <laughs> <laughs> Just add water. Uh, anyways, uh, but the thing is, the 15-year-olds and the younger generations that are coming up now are over it. They're done. Avocado toast and posts on the beach. It's so generic and played out at this point. You can Photoshop any girl into that background and it will be the exact same post, said Claire, a 15-year-old who asked to be referred by a pseudonym because of her age. It's not cool anymore to be manufactured. So we have a whole group of younger influencers that are basically rejecting all this filtered, cultured, curated feeds. They're posting crappier pictures just using their phone. No more big cameras. They're not worried about lighting. They're posting the same content multiple times because who cares? And, uh... Yeah. So the old rules of Instagram are gone. New rules are coming in. And I would not be surprised to find out that the millennials and younger people will find a newer app to go to that isn't full of these older millennials. <laughs> yeah. Older millennials. So uh, hope, oh, maybe maybe film will come back. No photos or, you know, just let's just do that. Let's bring film yeah. back. We'll see. So Matt Klein, a cultural strategist at the consultancy Sparks and Honey, also says he's seen a gradual shift away from the rainbow colored pre-planned photos that dominated the platform. We all know the jig is up, he says. We've all participated in those staged photos. <clears throat> Not all of us. We all know the stress and anxiety it takes and we can see through it. Culture is a pendulum and the pendulum is swinging. That's not to say everyone's going to stop posting perfect photos, but the energy is shifting. OK, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people do just not us yeah uh, i found an article over on the new yorker called a history of the influencer from shakespeare to instagram oh this is a good article did you get a chance to read this one i did i, I thoroughly enjoyed it yeah the elusive quality of influence the difficulty we encounter when we try to identify its sources or measure its effects is equally destabilizing Influence works best when it's wielded obscurely in the shadows and behind the scenes. And this has clear social consequences for a society engaged in building a digital influence economy. I love this. I love this. Based on available evidence, it seems that we can't construct an influence economy without stoking a culture of skepticism and paranoia. The fear of being influenced affects our sense of reality and our ability to trust our own judgments about what is true. That right there sums it all our up. world right now. In it a isn't nutshell, just influencers. It's well, it's our president. It's everybody. <laughs> it's, it it's everybody. This is the way things have gone, and I'm not cool with it. Yeah, yeah. It's the our our world is becoming more Machiavellian than people actually give it credit for, because a lot of this stuff is just meant to get you to buy some shit. Not to say that 
it always wasn't, but the degree of control and, and the fact that we see the sausage being made and we understand it now is, is the true super difference. And it's so hyper inflated and there's so much more of it. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that this is a brand new thing that because record labels have been doing this since the 60s. I mean, oh, people yes. have been doing, you know, people have been doing this forever. It's just we've hit this like critical mass of it. And we're also aware of it. And it wears us down. I mean, episode one of this show, we talked about how do you make money on the Internet? You sell a course to, te- to teach people on how to make money on the Internet. <laughs> yes. And this whole influencer economy thing is now people have figured out that all of the tricks don't work anymore. So they sell courses on how to be an Instagram influencer mm-hmm. and how to get fake followers and how to really ramp shit up. And it's it doesn't work. It's broken. It is a broken system. Yep. And, you know, I, I guess kudos to the people that made the money. But you're all a bunch of douches in my book. But anyway, uh, speaking of at least uh, some whack-a-mole going on here, Facebook has sued Instagram bot sellers in New Zealand. Mm. Uh, yeah, these guys down there, there's three guys, uh, Arend, Nolan, Leon Hedges, and David Passanen, uh, spent years with uh, bot farms selling mm-hmm. their you know ill-gotten wares for fake likes mm-hmm. and fake followers and things like that, and Facebook is actually finally going after them. Now, there are a lot of these guys out there. Oh yeah. A lot. This is, I think this is PR. I really think this is just a <laughs> PR spin saying, Hey, look, we're trying guys because I know so many people that are buying hundreds of thousands of Facebook followers and Twitter followers and Instagram followers, fake engagement in all this bullshit. Yep. But at the end of the day, there it's just a mess. It's such a mess. And the re- the way that Instagram could fix this right now is just turn off your fucking API and you're done. You know, turn off the Instagram API. Guess what? Yep. Then nobody can programmatically game your system. That's it. But yes. Why but would they do then that? Then they'd lose money. Yeah. Of course, because that one yeah. billion engaged users every month would probably go down to like maybe 200 million, 250 million. Mm-hmm. Because I know people that have over a million followers that are all fake. It and is in Twitter's and it's in every social network's vested interest to have these fake accounts. It makes them money. It keeps the shareholders happy because shareholders need to see growth. Mm-hmm. And if there's no growth with, you know, active monthly users, the AMUs, then they're going to, you know, their market share is going to tank and then they're going to be like, oh, it's it's a fading trend. So fake people are just as good as real people to these social networks. So that's, that's why I look at this and I'm like, this is just uh an olive branch to the shareholders to say, look, we're trying, you know, but they're really not. They're really, really not. Well, keeping in the influencer theme that we're kind of running with right now and tying this into something that you and I talk about all the time, which is no business plan and hope to sell out. And if you don't, everything falls apart. There's a really good story on Recode about a company going through this right now, the digital media lifestyle brand Brit & Co., they're a buzzy digital media brand for millennial women who happened to be laying off most of its employees after an acquisition failed to pan out. Buzz. Buzz. Buzzy. Yes. C- CEO Britt Morin, a prominent Silicon Valley executive who is also the figurehead at the core of the site's brand, told staff on Monday that the company is dealing with financial issues after acquisition talks crumbled and was until recently working to secure a last minute investment. Obviously, they did not get it. She had to answer questions from her 50 person staff about whether they will receive any more paychecks from the company. Um, she told her Rico that the company was not shutting down, but confirmed that it was laying off a large number of the staff. She did not have an exact number, but said that a decent sized team would remain. 
<laughs> decent sized team for a brand like that could probably be about two people. Well, yeah, 50 but, person um, <laughs> staff and uh, you could have three people and that's it. Yeah. And she says, we see the Britain Co brand being valuable as a brand and less as a digital publishing business, meaning we're now nothing. Yeah, I mean, I've brand. never heard of them. How are they valuable as a brand? What <laughs> well, you're not a millennial woman, to be fair, Jason. Oh, that's true. So she actually had uh, the company, which ran a lifestyle website that reached 130 million people. At least they say it reached 130 million people a month, mostly young women. Um, but uh, yeah, so some staff has been frustrated that she wasn't being transparent with them about the company's financial woes, as you should be. Uh, she answered questions at the company meeting on Monday. Uh, the, the answers were described as tight-lipped, and she did not identify the possible acquirer that fell through, and the meeting lasted about 15 minutes. So you get a 15-minute saying you no longer have a job. <laughs> Yes, you get the email that says because conscious we uncoupling. <laughs> we could not sell our load of crap to somebody else, and we had no business plan to keep running it ourselves. How much you want to bet it's Goop? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, because Goop could use a younger audience, right? Mm -hmm. So there you go. And in uh, news that uh, sounds interesting to me, I, uh, as we all know, I'm a big Elon Musk supporter, and I think Tesla is going to pull it out. And Elon always seems to find a way, but right now it's not looking too good for them. Uh, Tesla's 2020 self-driving car promise sounds too good to be true because it is. Yep. Yes, <laughs> Even Elon is. Musk seems a little skeptical of his promise to get 1 million completely self-driving Tesla robo-taxis on the road next year. He made it's this claim not gonna and happen. a bunch of other ones on Monday um, <sighs> about what's ahead for the electric car company. I do wish he would keep his trap shut a little bit more. Uh, he unveiled a new microchip that he claimed would be objectively the best in the world, predicting that fully autonomous Teslas capable of operating without a human driver would be on the road by mid-2020, and the company would have a fleet of robo-taxis out next year as well. This is not the first time that he's made these kind of stupid predictions, and uh, he does make a point at the very end of the article. Sometimes I'm not on time, he says on Monday, but I get it done. And he does do that. <laughs> I just wish he'd stop throwing these deadlines out there and making these claims because um, I'm a shareholder. Yeah, nobody asked for him to come up with this timeline. Nobody said, nobody hey, asked for the timeline. Yeah, and we, we were totally fine waiting in one million robo taxis. No way. I mean, if you had a Tesla, would you lease out your car for the day? No, Hell no. they're too expensive. <laughs> they're too expensive. Do you want somebody's uh, somebody else's ass juice on your seat? You know, you don't want any of that stuff in your car. You don't want to come in there and find like old French fries or. You know, anything like that. It Old just, French fries would be like the one of the more pleasant items I could think of. I was trying to be optimistic. <laughs> yeah, after the ass optimistic. juice, I could. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. And one new one last bit of news. Um, Google Wing has landed the FAA's first approval for drone delivery. So. All right. As of Tuesday, they authorized Alphabet's Wing Aviation to start delivering goods via drones later this year. They'll do commercial packages and unmanned aircraft in Blacksburg, Virginia. It will be partnering with the Mid-Atlantic Aviation Partnership and Virginia Tech as a participant in the Transportation Department's Unmanned Aircraft Systems Integration Pilot Program. That's quite a mouthful. Um, this is important because this is the first time it's happened, and it'll probably make it easier for other companies to do it soon as well. Um, as these are certifications for drone delivery of items such as food, medicine, and small consumer products. Uh, it'll be able to send drones beyond the visual sight of the people operating them, and the dev devices can only be operated during the day, and a pilot can operate as many as five drones at a time, which begs the question, why only in the day if it's already out of the visual sight of the people operating them? Uh, because you still need to be able to see things like power lines and stuff like that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wings drones have a wingspan of about three feet, so not insignificant, and weigh approximately 11 pounds. They can carry packages that weigh up to a little more than three pounds, so not not your big Amazon deliveries or Google store deliveries. Still get my in and out from that. <laughs> That's all I care I about. That. Yeah. yeah. 
So I'm looking forward to this. I think this is a good step forward. The FAA is finally like letting these pilot programs start because it's coming no uh, matter what. It is coming no matter what. My concern is always, as per usual, the, the noise. They are loud. So you got to keep these things quiet. This episode is sponsored by Eero. Eero is a home Wi-Fi system like nothing you've seen. The single router model just doesn't work for our increasingly high bandwidth world. It's simple physics. Like light waves, Wi-Fi waves don't go through walls well. Imagine asking a light bulb in your living room to light your master bedroom. Yet so many people just get the crappy Wi-Fi systems that come with their ISP. What you need is a distributed system. That is what offices have had for years at considerable work and expense. Current Wi-Fi routers are really tough to manage and optimize. The Eero app lets you manage your network from the palm of your hand, so you'll know how many devices are connected at any given point, as well as the internet speed that you're getting from your service provider. You can also easily create and share a guest network, which is fantastic. I've done it many times. Eero is protected with state-of-the-art WPA2 encryption, and because it controls the hardware and the software for your entire network, it ensures that you're always secure. Since traditional routers don't push software updates to their customers, they are left vulnerable to cyber attacks. Eero updates automatically so that you not only have the latest features, but the latest security at all times. And let me tell you, it is easy to install. I didn't need it at my place because my place is tiny. Ocean air. But I did take it down to my mom's house because my mom's house is big and we've always had issues with getting the Wi-Fi from the back of the house up to the front of the house. Super simple to install. Works perfectly. And now they've got Eero Plus, which is designed to provide simple, reliable security that defends all your home's devices against threats like malware, spyware, phishing attacks, as well as unsuitable content and cats and dogs living together. The combination of Eero with Eero Plus provides complete protection for your network. Eero Plus offers the ability to block malicious and unwanted content across your entire network. But checking the sites you visit against a database of millions of known threats, Eero Plus prevents you from accidentally visiting malicious sites without slowing anything down. Eero Plus automatically tags sites that contain violent, illegal, or adult content, so you can choose what your kids can and cannot visit right there in the Eero app. Ad blocking. Get rid of annoying ads and pop-ups on all your devices. Ad blocking also improves load times for ad-heavy sites so you can browse and stream faster than ever before. And it is so nice. It is so nice. I love it. And with your Eero Plus subscription, you get a bunch of goodies, including... VPN protection from Encrypt.me, password management from 1Password... Antivirus software from Malwarebytes. Never think about Wi-Fi again. Get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package in one year of Eero Plus. Visit Eero.com slash GOG and at checkout, enter code GOG. That's E-E-R-O dot com slash GOG. And at checkout, enter G-O-G. Security? Ha! We are back this week with Dave Bittner from the CyberWire podcast. The CyberWire is a free community-driven cybersecurity news service based in the beautiful state of Maryland that everybody loves. Dave <laughs> is the co-host of the Hacking Humans podcast, along with Joe Kerrigan, where they take on social engineering. Well, hello, gentlemen. Hi, Dave. Uh, listen, before we get going, um, I have to share that I am currently dealing with a personal security issue, mm -hmm. a home invasion. Okay. There are raccoons in my house. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and... the beautiful state of Maryland. <laughs> the, the woodsy <laughs> creatures. Do you guys have raccoons out there? You must have raccoons out there. We No, more no? possums. We have okay. some possums and things uh, of that nature. But I've uh, got raccoons. You've got some where you okay, are. I've got raccoons, yeah. coyotes, possums, mm -hmm. hawks. I, got all I have homeless. Stuff. 
<laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. Snapchat fired employees. That's what I've got. <laughs> yeah. I've got meth coons that walk around the street, too. They're, they they look like raccoons, but they're like, meth. Where do I get the meth? <laughs> well, these raccoons have taken up residence in the space between my first floor and second floor. Ugh. Oh, no. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> yeah. That's and it's, not going to be fun. No. It's a mama with some babies. Uh oh. Yeah. So um the raccoon as we record this, the the raccoon people are <laughs> the raccoon at the house. People. The ra- the, I think the, I saw that movie. Wasn't that uh, one of the monster movies <laughs> from the forties? The, the, yeah, the, the raccoon people. The, <laughs> it yeah, was the really that, the really like two star follow up mm-hmm. to the cat people. That's really <laughs> right. What it was. Right. Because of that uh that uh, fifty five gallon drum full of radioactive material <laughs> I, I keep in the backyard, the raccoon people <laughs> Well look at uh, raccoon people. We, we know Marvel's looking for some new characters now, so yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh <laughs> um yeah, so they are at the house right now, uh, and I am told my wife just texted me and she said Trapper Brad is here. Uh, <laughs> Trapper Brad. Yeah, well, at least I'm, they didn't send Trapper John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a so, lot of mash shoutouts recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said he's uh, he's setting up a trap to get Mama Raccoon used to a trap being at her entrance point and then laying down eviction fluid to encourage Ooh. her. Yeah, to to encourage her to take. <laughs> And I, I, I think I think I wish we've all we didn't have a show title already. Yeah. I know. I mean, I think we've all laid down a trail of eviction fluid from time to time. Am I right? Um, some eviction. Well, I usually fluid. try to lay down welcome fluid, but uh... well, yeah, uh, to encourage Mama to take the babies and move on, and they're going to come back in a couple of days to reevaluate to see if Mama and the babies have moved on. So, all right. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Conviction uh, fluid. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be Googling that one later. Not, Probably get on a no, watch list for no, that. No, I would not uh, do that. I, yeah, I, who knew that was a thing? But I guess that's, I mean, that's uh, what, what I'm hoping is that I'm going to get away without them having to tear out any drywall. That would be nice. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I would be, actually, I'd be really surprised if I get away with them not having to rip out any drywall. But I don't know. Maybe Trapper Brad is a, a master at this sort of thing. We'll see. Well, if your home ends up being torn apart in the next uh, couple of weeks, I might have some good news for you. You can always hop on a plane and come out here because reservations <laughs> for the Star Wars Galaxy Edge opens um, Disneyland on uh, Resort here on May 31st. And starting mm. next week, you'll be able to place your free reser- reservations to hopefully get in. Because wow. uh, once you buy into the park, that does not get you into Star Wars land because they're expecting such a crush. So you have yeah. to register first and hope you get in there. Mm. So, I, I don't know what to make of this. I, I if, you, if you go, I, please do not beat up Chip and Dale. They have nothing to do with your house. Yeah. I just, yeah, there you go. Or uh, what's his name? Rocket Raccoon. Oh, Rocket Raccoon. Over, that's right. Yeah. I, I think, I keep thinking about the Avatar, or the Avatar Land in Florida, mm-hmm. which still has like three hour waits to get on that ride there, which is and by all accounts an amazing ride. But nobody cares about Avatar. So no, I don't it, know why more movies are coming. <laughs> right. And so I just I I, I want to go see the Star Wars thing as as soon as possible. But I can't imagine it's going to be less than a year before it's probably who knows how. I mean, yeah. Harry Potter lands are they're still crowded on busy days. So I don't uh, I think it's going to be quite some time before any of us see Star Wars land, although I am hoping to attempt it at some point this year. Um, I still Disneyland. I don't think that. 
publish it publicly, but if you're an employee at Disneyland, they, they give you um, estimates of uh, crowds per, per day. They've, oh. they've been doing that ever since I was 15 and worked there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of, if you have an in, you can kind of find out what the slow days are expected to be. And so we're hoping to maybe pull the kid out of school, take the wife out of work, yeah. uh, not podcast that day and try to run down on a slow day and try to get in. Well, here's the upside. By the time you can get in, you can use your AARP discount. That's true. <laughs> what did you do when you worked there? Uh, I was, uh, they Smoked hired. a lot of weed. <laughs> no, sadly, no. Uh, macked on a lot of tourist chicks in the summer, though. That was a nice oh, plus. Yeah. Uh, at f- I was uh, able to start working there at 14 because they had re- uh, relaxed uh, the uh, rules about it and you could work food services. So that ah. was, uh, I bus tables at 14 uh, uh-huh. off of Main Street at one of the restaurants off of Main Street. So that oh, was my nice. first job. Yeah. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. And mm-hmm. my wife worked at uh, in Florida. <laughs> cool. Child labor. That's great. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. Hey, well, it let us hey. into the park whenever we wanted to and I got a little money. I was thrilled with it. Teach yeah. taught me responsibility at a young age. There were worst, pick worst up places chicks. you could work. That's <laughs> there, right. Yeah, there was definite side benefits. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, yeah, I, ha, 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 ha. obviously <laughs> I, I am so jonesing to go see the Star Wars stuff. I just remember how much basically my head exploded the first time I rode Star Tours. Because yes. Oh, was, yeah. You know, yeah. and this is going to be that times 100, I think. So, oh, yes. Don't get your hopes up. Don't well, get your hopes up. No, it's going to be good. <laughs> Disney knows what they're doing. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be good. Yeah. It's not going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe we, I wonder if there's a way that Misa we Misa could... thought that about episode one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn it, Jason. Yeah. Just saying. True. All right. That's I true. wonder if there's a Manage way we, we could, uh, we could plan and, and we go together. The three that of us. That would be interesting. We could, we could do a live podcast. Let's mm-hmm. get, let's talk to them about it. Yeah. I need to mm-hmm. figure out some way for there's to be a cybersecurity angle. Yes. So and I Jason can dress up as Jason can dress up as Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'll dress up as Jar Jar. We're just gonna hack the reservation system, mm-hmm. and we'll all just go in with our hidden Zoom labs, and we'll actually just get a show done. Yeah. Speaking right. of that, should we get onto security at some point? Uh, I, I was. I was just. Okay. I, I. I was doing the Rocket Raccoon Google while you guys mentioned that, and unfortunately, from February eighth, twenty nineteen, well, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Oh, okay. that's Marvel. Yeah. That's owned by Disney. That's true. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, they, they have the ride at California Adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, the raccoon who inspired Guardians of the Galaxy character has died in February. So Aww. hopefully hopefully your raccoons will come off better. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Somebody asked me today if they were going to be relocated to a you know a farm upstate or <laughs> you know, that sort of kind thing. Kind of like all of our dogs did when we were children. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I don't know what uh, Trapper Brad does with him when he... So, so hopefully he, he just, eats them. <laughs> well, hmm, hadn't considered that. Trapper Brad taxidermy is in full swing. <laughs> yeah, just a fringe benefit, free meals. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, security. Yes, go. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out those Amazon employees that have been reviewing your Alexa recordings, they also have access to your home and personal data. Mm-hmm. So they can listen to you do silly things and then actually look up where you live. Mm-hmm. And then to point out obvious but doesn't amazon have your home address already anyway? well, they, they have it better than logitech as you'll find out later on, <laughs> on apps and doodads <laughs> so but, yeah. but i, mean, I yeah. wonder did these people have access to your home address uh yeah they probably should not but yeah. uh i mean you know there you go yeah yeah I, I i call this one the tempest in the teapot i don't think it's a big deal it's right well, and, and and most of these people are in the Philippines, probably, so they're not going to just swing by and say, "Hey, I heard you like furries." 
<clears throat> anyway, Philippines um, to Maryland is quite a pricey ticket. Yeah. So the thing is, I was thinking about in, in many parts of our lives, there are people with whom we have to trust with personal information. The right. people at your doctor's office, the doctors, the nurses, the uh, the administrative people at that office, they have access to that information. And so and then there are HIPAA regulations that that uh, try to help control how that data is used and who can see it and where it goes and all that sort of thing. And so I wonder this is like that. There are people who are going to, in the course of their businesses, have to have access to this information for different uh, reasons. And I wonder if uh, we need some sort of HIPAA regulation for personal privacy in the online world. Would be nice. But Again, I have to point out in terms of at least home address, if you purchase a property, that is a matter of public record. True. You can Google anybody that owns something and get their address. Now, you don't necessarily know if they specifically live there, if it's just a property that they own, all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, all of this is out there uh, publicly right now. Um, Should it be? No. Of course it shouldn't be, but it is. And... uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how we roll that back. This, and try this, to, yeah, I, the yeah. scary connection I made with this story was the your worst case scenario is that you connect that one of these people listening to uh, these recordings happens mm-hmm. upon a particularly some sort of uh, spicy lovemaking session that accidentally gets picked up. Uh, becomes obsessed with whoever was part of that lovemaking session and decides to go knock on the front door. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that could happen. Although for me to get particularly obsessed, I would think I would need video. I'm not really an audio kind of guy. More of a visual Um, learner. (laughs) Yes, I'm more of a visual learner. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I can respect that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, we're doing a good job staying on topic this week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Speaking of visual learning, a teenager is suing Apple for $1 billion, claiming facial recognition led to a false arrest. This is an 18-year-old from New York um, who said he was arrested because uh, what he believes to be Apple's facial recognition system. New York uh, Police Department officers arrested this guy November 29th after he was falsely linked to a series of Apple store thefts in Boston, New Jersey, Delaware, and Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Uh, The real perpetrator used a stolen ID that had his name, address, and other personal information, but no photo. So the lawsuit is claiming that Apple programmed its store's facial recognition system to associate the real thief's face with this person's details. However, Apple is saying that they do not have facial recognition in their stores. So, yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff with this story. Someone pointed (laughs) out that um, most of what we have to go on with this story is from the people who are suing Apple. So we have one side of this story. Um, Like you say, since then, Apple has said they don't use facial recognition. It's my understanding that Apple contracts out the security in those stores. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they have video cameras. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't help wondering, is the facial recognition just... Bob, the security guard, recognizing <laughs> that's AI the is people. Re- yeah, that's that's the facial recognition in the store. And somebody got lazy or somebody made a mistake or, you know, connected the dots in, in a wrong way. I think certainly this person was wronged. Um, yes, but one the- billion dollars wronged. Well, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I get, don't get me. A billion's not what it used to be. No, it's we not. get that. <laughs> it's, it's Soon not. you'll be talking about real money, but especially when on. you're Apple. 
Yeah, how many? I don't know how many iPhones would that buy? All of them, uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, or about two of the new iPads because they're so damn pricey. I just I couldn't. I'm just imagining this guy talking to his lawyer. And kind of like that scene from The Social Network where his lawyer says, listen, we're going to go after Apple for a million dollars. And he says, how about a billion dollars? <laughs> his lawyer says, I like the way this is going. <laughs> I think that was Austin Powers, not The Social Network. It was, it was The Social Network. It was the whole thing where they – Yes, there was that scene. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Okay. It, it wasn't done with uh, quite that voice, but no. uh, you, you, you did kind of meld the two together, I'll, yeah, I'll right. say. Yeah. So Fair I enough. also have another uh, facial recognition story. Um Last week, writer Mackenzie Fegan boarded an international JetBlue flight without so much as handing over a boarding pass or a passport. She looked into a camera before being allowed down the jet bridge. She wrote on Twitter, did facial recognition replace boarding passes? Unbeknownst to me, did I consent to this? Um, yes. Mm. <laughs> it apparently has started. There's, there's a number of different airline facial recognition software systems out there now. Um, they're currently in places like JFK airport, LAX, although I haven't seen them and I just flew in and out of LAX recently. Uh, airlines oh, they're like there JetBlue, just because you didn't see them doesn't mean they're not there. <laughs> well, they still took my boarding passes and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. airports are starting to use these now. And there's some interesting, um, laws about this. If you're a U.S. citizen, well, right now, anyways, your photo will only be retained for up to 12 hours. If you're a departing non-U.S. citizen, however, they will keep your photo up to two weeks. If you're a non-U.S. citizen, citizen well, i don't know why i'm saying it wrong <laughs> arriving at a participating airport uh they can store your photo for 75 years which brings up a number of privacy and data issues about who that has access to this information to yes that seems a little crazy now apparently at the moment you can still opt out but you have to know that you can opt out and they don't necessarily do a good job of telling people that shocking mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have I, not seen this yet personally, but uh, it's not surprising it's coming. No. And I suppose for I mean, we know for international flights, if you have a passport, you're in that database for facial recognition yep. because your passport photo gets put in there. And that part we know about. Um, so is this was this person taking a domestic flight? Or was no, it she said international, international, international flight. JetBlue flight. OK, yeah. OK. <clears throat> But I guess the weird thing is not handing over border pass or passport because at that stage you'd assume, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. um, it's just kind of there and they don't really tell us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are they relying on their uh, on there being a lack of pushback? Or are we? Is this one of those things a, a death by a thousand cuts, a erosion, where we just get used to it and next thing you know it's everywhere? No, oh, you mean no, every I've week? Already, on I've, the already show? Bl- I've already bled out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 Hustle, so, man. There's that. Oh, um, just, just look for the smoke detectors next time you're at LAX, because I'm sure that's where the cameras are. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's that. So, Airbnb but, uh, and LAX. <laughs> well, but how do we feel about this? Well, let me roll into the next story and tell you how I think most people feel about this, because you and I and Jason probably feel a little differently about this than most people. But when you've got a study coming out that millions of people are still using one, two, three, four, five, six as their password, I'm guessing they don't give a shit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the UK's National Cybersecurity Center that did this study that found that one, two, three, four, five, six was the most widely used password on breached accounts. They ran through all the different accounts and public databases of all the breached accounts to search through words, phrases, and strings that people used. Um, 23 million passwords were one, two, three, four, five, six. The second most popular string, 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> and other in the top five included QWERTY, password, and one, 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 one. Mm-hmm. Most common name, Ashley, followed by Michael, Daniel, Jessica, and Charlie. Soccer teams, of course, because this was uh, in the UK. Blink-182 chopped the charts of music acts, hmm. sadly. Interesting. Strange. Odd. <laughs> <laughs> no. But then they also quizzed people about their security habits and fears, and they found that 42% expected to lose money to online fraud, and only 15% said they felt confident that they knew enough to protect themselves online. Hmm. So I don't think people care about security much, because we've been shouting from the rooftops, and not just us, it's hit mainstream media that you need to secure passwords, you need to change passwords, you should be using password managers. Two-factor off. nobody cares. Yeah, I wonder how much this is in people's minds in a similar way to public health. In other words, if you... Well, considering we have measles outbreaks everywhere. Well, but I mean, well, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> but if I say, if you asked people, how many of you expect to get a cold this year? What percentage right. would say, oh, I expect to get a cold this year? But they don't fret over it or they don't obsess over it. Some people do, but... Um, they, you know, this number that you that you quoted with 42 percent expecting to lose money to online fraud does that doesn't mean they're going to lose their retirement savings necessarily. Right. I think there's just maybe this ex- more like we I put nine bucks in on something and didn't get it. Right. Right. Or right. or I got signed up for this fake subscription service right. or something like that. It's that's interesting. I, it's just fascinating to me where this sits in people's minds this that i i this is beyond my capability to completely fix this so what's my risk uh my risk analysis? versus yeah, yeah analysis yeah. yeah right exactly exactly well like we always say go out there get yourself a password manager yep. just do it just do it just do it do yeah. it do it you can do it <laughs> <laughs> well, this uh, this last story I put in uh, this week, uh, this is from The Washington Post and uh, Senator Ron Wyden. He's a Democrat from Oregon um, and he's a ranking member of the Senate Finance Committee. He says that Mark Zuckerberg should be liable for the company's privacy mis- missteps. He should Hallelujah. Be viable personally. Lock him up. Lock him <laughs> Lock up. Him up. <laughs> now, well, we talked a bit earlier in the show that the FTC, that Facebook is expecting a three to five billion dollar mm-hmm. uh, fine from the FTC. Yep. But then they also made 40 billion dollars in one day after a lot of bad news rolled out about Facebook. So, again, even a five billion dollar fine is nothing but a slap on the wrist to these types of companies. Yeah. And when they and announced, meaningless. right, when they announced that they'd set aside these billions of dollars for the inevitable fine, their stock price went up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Six percent. So six yeah. percent. So fines are obviously not doing it with these companies. No, they just aren't. At least, you know, we're still waiting to see what's happening in over in Europe where the fines are in the twenty two billion dollar range, which might be a bit more harmful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, four you know, percent of. Annual earnings is a little more than what, you know, they're going to pay over here. So that's yeah. the max that they can get from GDRP. And that's what they're going after with the Irish one that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. Interesting point, I think, that Senator Wyden made. Um, he said that um, as Facebook's majority shareholder, that insulates him from accountability of Facebook's board of directors and from their mm-hmm. shareholders. So yes. part of this is, I think... Does some of that control have to be taken away from him? 
And right. could you do that through a massive personal fine? I don't see anybody yeah. talking about jail time for him. Um, and I don't think that's what the FTC Why not? does. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I don't Please. think the FTC generally locks people up, but they can coordinate with other agencies who do. Um, he's got those super shares. He is the de facto president of one of the largest countries in the world. Yeah. So why is he not being held responsible to that that level? I can imagine, and I, I suppose this could be a bit of a stretch, but I could imagine there coming a time when Zuckerberg can't travel to Europe. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Do you, I mean, yeah. do you think that's a crazy idea? I don't think so. No, but yeah. considering he owns like his own island in Hawaii, I yeah. don't think he cares too yeah. much. Either, really. So it's like Europe, <laughs> ugh, it's cold there. I'm never going there. Right, right. <laughs> or he just buys Europe. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> Screw you guys. <laughs> maybe not maybe not Europe, but the yeah. UK could probably use some money soon. Right. Welcome. Brexit ain't going so well. <laughs> Welcome to Facebookistan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I Wyden's been saying a lot of smart things a lot recently, and I, I see his point here. Um mm-hmm. and as we just always say, there there's no accountability, there's no there's no pain inflicted on these companies for the horrible things that they're doing. Um, the money, the fines, just they're not enough. Things don't change. Everything continues on as before. Everyone Press, dies. You know, everyone <laughs> dies. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, I have to say I was I was given a little bit of uh, a boost this week when I saw that uh, a bunch of the folks involved in the whole opioid thing got taken, got hauled off in handcuffs. So I think that's I think that's good. Yeah, that's nice. Some of the folks from the uh, pharmaceutical companies, some of the, um, what do you call it, pharmacies, all all those places. Uh, I, I think we may be seeing some accountability there. So I'd like we'll to see. see a lot more of of this corporate crime being punished in the way that that we we are, rather than say these idiot parents that bought their kids into school. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just saying. Find find the parents. They don't need to go to jail. But some of these people that are running these companies, they, 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 they should go to jail. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, gentlemen, I'm going to put on my raccoon furry head and head on home to try to... Uh, <laughs> to your new wife and family in the middle exactly, of... Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. To crawl into my crawl space and uh, live a life of ease and, uh, and pleasure. Down in... some eviction juice or what? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Some eviction... <laughs> fluid i believe it was called oh yes yes <laughs> and, uh, so uh wish me luck and uh i will i will bring i'll we'll check in next week to see what has happened in the next episode of the uh, bittner home invasion best of luck thank you ups and doodads well earlier in the show i was worried about uh drone noise now that they're being approved by the faa but i will talk about something else that's annoyed me to death for a long time restaurants mm-hmm. they're too damn loud jason yes they are and it's not just weird old thing right they are crazy loud compared to the way they used to be yeah i used to live next to cha-cha-cha in the san francisco upper hate and mm-hmm. i couldn't get to sleep at night because it was so loud 
<laughs> yeah, well, noise is increasing everywhere, and obviously the restaurant is a big issue. Uh, both Zagat and Consumer Reports surveys have found that excessive noise is the chief complaints diners have ahead of service crowds or even food issues. Not being able to hear the people we're dining with can make connecting painfully difficult, especially in a world where we're all trying to unplug and connect in person again. Um, but there's an app coming to help us because, of course, there is. We'll see how useful this is because, as we've talked about on the show previously, nobody's downloading new apps anymore. Right. But I might try this one. It's called Soundprint, and it's basically Yelp for noise levels in thousands of restaurants, bars, and cafes across America. Okay. Right, cool. It runs off citizen science. Define that. It. Define that. I don't know. It's, it's, it's so you have an app in your damn hand. That's, that's, that's a citizen science citizen these science. days. So the app has a decibel reader and its noise reviews are generated by Soundprint users. So you go into a restaurant and you have the app. You just turn it on for a few minutes and it uploads everything. And now you've got it registered that there's this many decibels in this restaurant. So interesting concept. Interesting concept. As long as it's only recording the decibel level and not the conversations that people are having around them. Yes, which is illegal in many states, in such many as states. ours. Yes, so, yes. So as yeah, long so as it can't that. record anything, I suppose. It could just it, it could easily be done by just running, you know, the decibel meter, and not actually recording. Oh yeah, yeah. It could just it's just yeah, a basically so. running the levels, you know. Yep, exactly. So and reporting those. So interesting, but again, this seems like one of those businesses that uh, isn't really a business, and you know, maybe they're hoping to get bought by Yelp. That yeah. seems to be the the exit strategy there because I don't know how you're going to make any money with this whatsoever. Yeah, this is a feature of a review app. That's all it is. Yes. So, not a not a product. Yes. Do they actually say why restaurants have become louder? Because it doesn't seem no. like anything has really changed that much besides maybe you know the architecture well, of the place open. The architecture has and- definitely changed a lot. It's the is the open plan. It's the you know the, we don't have no curtains and things of that nature being taken out. Everything yeah. is glass and steel, and uh, people have their phones. <laughs> I mean, really, that that definitely adds to noise in well, situations. Not if they're not talking and, and, and to the each other. Been, not if they're not talking to each other. Yeah, but the music has definitely gotten louder in restaurants as well because of the psychological aspects. You know, we've seen mm. all those kind of studies where this this kind of music uh, relaxes people so they'll stay longer and order more. So you play that in your slower time periods. But when you're busy time periods, if you play this kind of music, it gets people in and out of the doors faster. And yeah, who knows? Every, we're all getting gamed all the time. True that. True that. <laughs> and I got new doodads this week. All right. Um, Yes, I've got the Dyson PureCool TP04 HEPA air purifier and tower fan white slash silver, except I didn't get the white slash silver. I got the black, but I couldn't find that one on Amazon. Ah, you need TP for your bunghole. <laughs> so these are pretty cool. I'm, I'm not as paranoid as my wife about uh, about air levels and all of that sort of stuff, but she always wants to have air purifiers going in the house. So we got two of these, one for our bedroom and one for our son's bedroom. And then I kind of you pick your battles in marriage as in life because <laughs> these things aren't cheap uh at all they're they're quite expensive but they're they're very fancy it comes with an app uh, oh god of course it does <laughs> it's, they look fantastic uh, wi-fi enabled everything you can control everything you can put schedules on them all that sort of stuff and they seem to do the job i couldn't really tell you they work as fans quite well so i'm happy about that and and they look much better and sound a lot nicer than our previous fans did so for all of that it seems fine and it seems to be you know pretty close to best in class in terms of actual filtering but i don't know anything about that because the thing i had to stop myself from saying to my wife is we spent an exorbitant amount of money on our property and our property taxes to live four blocks from the beach with the cool ocean air (laughs) blowing in to ensure that our air quality is phenomenal 
But okay, we'll spend $549 each on two of these things to make sure that our air is okay. I'm surprised you didn't go with the molecule. That was $799, and, and my wife likes Mr. Dyson quite a lot. Okay. See, I went Also, with... Alexa enabled. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've got air cleaners for my house, too. I went with a Honeywell Air Genius 5 air cleaner slash odor reducer, 250 square feet. I've got mm-hmm. two of those in my house, and uh, they work fairly well. Um, I have no problem with them. The uh, You have to clean them fairly often, which is the downside. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You put that on your schedule, and luckily, I can just put that on my Amazon subscribe and save and get filters sent every couple months. Yeah, the only problem with my filters, one, they're, they're washable, which sucks, mm-hmm. and there's yeah. a big filter that goes into the back of it that you can wash. You're supposed to wash, but when I got it, it was white. And after two years, no matter how much I wash it, it is a very dark gray, no matter what I do. And the downside is can't replace them. I cannot find a way to buy that big ass filter that goes with them, which sucks. sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Because these things are 230 bucks each. So not cheap, not cheap at all. But I tell you what, they work. They really do work. The Dyson one seems to be working quite well as well. So we'll see. Uh, And now finally, for the end of the segment, I have a question for you. Uh, We have talked about uh, my impending potential iPad replacement procedure, and my wife has decreed our new plan. Okay. My birthday is is coming up, so we are getting rid of the very old uh, iPad mini that we've been using for my son for, you know, desperation, last resort at restaurants and or on the airplanes. Uh, My wife's Regular iPad will become my son's. My newer iPad mini will become my wife's. And my wife said, I need to get a new iPad. So I'm asking you, who is very knowledgeable in these sorts of things, what should I do? Should I get an iPad Pro or should I spend less money because I'm not a superpower user and get the iPad Air? I got to say, just from using just about every iPad that's ever been out there, that's why you're the person to ask. The iPad Pro 12-inch, the new one, the version 3, is the mm-hmm. best iPad I've ever owned. I love it to death. and It is insanely expensive. It is ridiculously expensive. It's like I expensive. should just get a new laptop. Expensive. Uh, kind of, yeah, I mean, it was like 1300 bucks with the pencil. And yes. then, you know, I, I did skimp on the, the cases because I found really good cheap cases. But for the most part, I just, I can't go back. It's so beautiful. It is so unbelievably beautiful and fast. It's got face ID with it. So you don't even have to, you know, press the home button because there is no home button anymore. You have to press the top button. But all in all, man, I swear to God, it is just insane. But for you, what I would say is go to the Apple store, pick them up. Yep, That's the plan. And take a look at them. But uh, for me, I'm going to have this thing for a couple of years and I'm going from a 9.7 inch iPad Pro, which is still an amazing little machine, but just the size of the 12 inch, it just the making things so much easier to read because as you get older, your eyes start to go and reading <laughs> and it's so light, it's super light. So I just take it out of the case because the case is magnetic. You just pop it out of the case. And that's what I use to read Kindle in bed at night. And you barely notice it's there. It is so beautiful. And right. I just can't, I can't go back. I really can't go back. And the new, like just the new form factor with the square edges, like the old, you know, iPhone four and five had. I love mm-hmm. it. I really love this thing. I'm never, All never right. going back. I'm going to get myself to the store and I have a feeling the iPad air will be more than enough for me. 
yeah, I like hold it in your hand, take a look at it. But man, that twelve inches, I I just got to tell you, it's nice. <laughs> it is especially when you it, also when you want to watch movies on it. Ooh, that I will boy. not be doing. Oh boy! All right, just saying. Moron of the week. And a quick little funny story before we move on to moron of the week. I told you I was in a mood last week before we mm-hmm. started the show. Well. Logitech or Logi, Logi, whoever Logi. they're called now, uh, they came out with a new smart folio for the new 12 inch iPad, which has a built in cover and case with a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And I ordered one. And it's $140. Looks great because they're old. The smart folio case that they had for the 9.7 inch iPad Air was the best case ever. The keyboard was amazing. It used the smart connectors to power it. There was no, it was easy and it was awesome. I loved that thing. It made it into a laptop. Well, so I ordered the new one. And I'm like, oh, it's been a couple days. Where is it? I kind of want to dig into this thing. Well, turns out my shipping information on Logitech.com was to my old address in Chicago. (laughs) And so I'm like, track package, see if I can do it. It had just been delivered. And the assholes that live at the new place will not forward it on to me. So I made a $140 fuck up right before the show last week, which is why I was possibly and partially in a bad mood. So <laughs> somebody got a free iPad holder. Exactly. Exactly. Somebody might get a free broken window next time I'm in Chicago though. So we'll see how that well, works. Now you out. put it out there on the world. So I wouldn't do it. Yeah. We've uh, talked quite a bit about avoiding ads on the internet and I don't see too many ads anymore through a combination of actually paying for content that I find worthwhile or ad blockers or whatnot. Um, but I still play occasional games of words with friends on my phone. And Oh, uh, wow. You're the one left. There's a couple of us. I, I, I have a couple ongoing games with friends of mine that no longer live here. So it's kind of fun as a way to keep in communication with them, even though we could go like six months without actually saying anything to each other, just playing the games. But every now and then you get the message like, how's things, blah, blah, blah. So it's nice for that. And I don't mind it. And, you know, it's word games, so it keeps the vocabulary up and going. So it's fun for that. But I've never paid for it because why? Um, I found the ads to be not too annoying because, you know, my friends only play like a game a day at best. So, you know, I I can sit and wait through a 10 to 15 second ad after after I make a move. And it's, it's not too annoying to me. However... I think uh, advertisers have started to figure out that we don't pay attention to their ads anymore. And I hate let go as a company and everybody else that puts fake close buttons on their ads. Oh, God, I hate that. So you get that that fake X over there and you click on it because you think the ad's done because you weren't paying attention and it takes you to the install page. Does anybody ever really do that? Does that ever really work? Does somebody go, well, I meant to close the ad, but now I've got this page to download their app, so I might as fucking well. Does it ever work? It must. (laughs) I can't. It can't possibly work. So annoying. I hate the lies. It's all lies. Damn it. Okay, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Uh, I found this one which just tickled me. Social media influencer plotted to take internet domain at gunpoint, and it didn't end well. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, so there was this domain, doitforstate.com, and the owner would not sell it. Right. So this guy that really, really wanted it, <laughs> really wanted it, hired okay. his cousin to break into the guy's house and force him to transfer it to him at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy who owned the domain, apparently an ex-Navy SEAL, <laughs> took the gun from the guy and shot him. <laughs> <sighs> 
Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, yes, he, he shot the victim multiple times. Not just once, because I would shoot him multiple times, too, because get the fuck out of my house. Yes. Well, the guy who originally wanted it, Rossi, Rossi Lotherio Adams II, can face up mm. to two decades in prison. And he was found guilty on Thursday for hiring his cousin to break into the house in 2017. Man, I should have, if he listened to our show, he would have <laughs> known that he could have gone to hover.com slash GOG and availed himself of the 400 plus extra new TLDs that they have. Yes, you, you could have got to do it for state dot anything. Anything, because <laughs> nobody else is buying that domain. But so, now he'll be do it for the prison. Oh my God. Bend over for the soap.com. <laughs> yeah. Don't drop the soap.com. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and this next one I found over on the Twitters. Nike has filed a trademark application for crypto kicks. That's right. Crypto oh, kicks. Yes. Oh. This is a new thing that will be coming out from Nike that they have filed an affidavit that they plan on using. So it is their new cryptocurrency tied to their shoes and a reward system. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Crypto is Not. everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's in my shoes. Brick a brick. I haven't done an onion of a week for some time, but this one just killed me. Um, everybody should click on this link. It's in our show notes. Uh, the title, The Onion Proudly Stands with the Media as the Enemy of the People. Okay. And, uh, I just have one choice quote from this article. It's very hilarious. Honestly, you empty-headed dipshits who can barely process a simple headline or understand its meaning should be happy we interact with you at all. <laughs> I love the onion. I love the onion. So good. And a YouTube link came across my path uh, at some point. How to make over $2,000 per month charging electric scooters. This actually probably should have been in Moron of the Week. because <laughs> yeah, I was wondering why it was in here. Yeah, I think I probably misplaced it. Might have had a bit of wine that night. But uh, yeah, this is everything that's wrong with scooters and people and YouTube and everything. I watched the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, this guy's mad. 14 is minutes. I wasted I wasted that much time on this dude. Mm -hmm. um, and it just shows the the silliness of trying to make money charging electric scooters mm -hmm. and driving around. And he does all this math on how easy it is. And, you know, like, oh, these are the times when you can go out and get more money and find them easily outside of your house. Mm -hmm. He's like, but you can't see them at night. You might trip over them and break your leg, which would cost a little more than you're probably going to make <laughs> charging the scooters. He doesn't actually put in the cost of electricity and the gas that he spent driving around for two hours. <laughs> Which can be quite pricey. I don't know if you've noticed, but gas is very expensive at the moment. Yeah. No, yeah. it is over $4 now, some a of the people in, in, the, in Some of the people in the comments start to break down the actual math and saying this is completely not worth it. You're ridiculous. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. And I love that he was trumped by one guy with a U-Haul that the guy was paying for to drive around and pick up other scooters. <laughs> That was great. It's just like, yeah, just stay at home. <laughs> Don't mm -hmm. do that. Sell something on the internet. Go listen to episode mm -hmm. one of Grumpy Old Geeks and start from there. Start a podcast. Hell. It, Why not? You know, yeah, exactly. And I found this over at Mel Magazine the, this morning, and it just put a smile on my face. What it's like to see Endgame, that would be Avengers Endgame, after a 59-hour 22 Marvel movie marathon. Now... <clears throat> I love what? this because he actually like, you know, talks to sleep expert, Dr. Bruce, who wrote one of the best books on sleep and figured out how to try and stay awake the entire time. And mm -hmm. he didn't. He had to take some naps in there. But it's a very funny read. And <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, because we 
bitched and moaned about going to the the Lord of the Rings marathon, which was like yep. 15 hours or something like that. And this is a 59 hour marathon. It's crazy. People are crazy. It is insane. <laughs> and just to think that, you know, that's an hour and a half work week. I mean, a week and a half of full work week yep. right there. Wasted you know? watching movies you've already seen. Yeah, movies you've already seen. It even says it's like, well, I checked out uh, during Ant-Man versus Wasp because my my daughter and I watch it all the time. So I didn't really need to see it again. I'm like, OK, you've seen all these movies already. You don't yep. need to go back and see them. I still haven't seen that movie, though. Ant-Man versus Wasp. And I have never finished Ant-Man. It was really good. But then I fell asleep and accidentally deleted it. So maybe I like both of those that. movies much more than most of the rest of them. But I'm, I, yeah, I'm I, somebody who does not care. So this is true. This yeah. is true. <laughs> but I can't believe they're 22 fucking movies. That's insane. That is insane. Yes. And people and, are treating this like it's the end of the world. I mean, people are crying and people are going absolutely nuts. And I mean, look, I get I get it, I guess. I mean, I, I'm, you know, there's there's those tent poles of sci fi that I'm super into. I like my Star Trek. I like my Star Wars. I was very into Lord of the Rings, but I wasn't this into it. These people are insane. Yeah, they're a little younger than we are, though, and they also have less to look forward to in the future than we did back in the day. Mm -hmm. So I think we were more optimistic about the state of the planet back then. That's true. That is true. Closing shout outs. I got a shout out over to Jessica Tork over from Teachable.com. I think Tork is how you say her, her last name. It's, a, it's an odd last name. Kind of like the Filippo. <laughs> she made a video on how to boost confidence on video. And I like her videos. She's pretty savvy when it comes to this stuff. In about seven minutes and 40 seconds into the, the video, I get a shout out. I was like, what? Well, I like that. So I give her a shout out back. So she's one of my <laughs> shout outs of the week. All right. And check out the video. I mean, I was I was looking for something that night and I came across the video and I just watched it and just ended up going through it. It's like a 10 minute video. And she's got some really good tips, actually, on how to like relax more and be be better on video. But my tip was, you know, film it three times and throw the first three out. And then the next one's probably going to be the best take, obviously, the more practice you have. But that was uh, in regards to podcasting. When you start a new podcast, record three mm. shows and throw out the first three. Yep. Like we Definitely. did. That's right. I think mm -hmm. we did more than three, but. <laughs> no, we did three. Number four okay. was our episode one. All right. Yeah. Number four is our one. And I want to give a shout out to uh, our listeners. Um, if you are listening to the show, chances are you are very into the Avengers or Game of Thrones or both. And, you know, most likely all of your favorite characters are now dead. So hang in there. You'll be fine. You'll Until be Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. <laughs> and I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. And if you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Also, if you would be as so kind, if you're listening to us on the Overcast player for iOS, click those stars, people. We are we are right behind Joe Rogan. We are we are <laughs> almost at the number one spot for the most recommended show on all of Overcast, which I'm sure is pissing a lot of people off. So keep it up. Keep it up. And I want to just state for the record. None of these are fake stars on our end. Everything is real. This is all coming from audience interaction. You that's know, right. That's that's it's all you guys. So if we can hit number one, that is going to be party time. Show notes oh, yeah. for this episode are at GOG.show slash 340, where I will post a picture of uh, where we're at at the time of uh, publishing. And from there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy. <laughs> <laughs>